Okay, what's up? I am recording from my room, and if you are on the YouTube, <laughs> you can see that. If not, then you cannot, and I don't know why I included that detail. <laughs> I guess I'm starting a podcast. Don't you dare sit around and just exist. You gotta find what your heart's beating for and live. So I decided... If, if you know, if you follow me on social media, on um, either Instagram or Facebook, then you know that recently I did a podcast with some of my friends who um, I actually just met, <laughs> and we talked about my life story, and my the response to it has been incredible. Um, I mean, I've heard from people I haven't talked to in years, and the, just the amount of people saying, you know, I needed to hear this. I could have used this when I was younger. Um, it's incredible to see all the growth that you've made, so on and so forth. So, but I also got some feedback (laughs) from my mother, um, that I said too much of the F word. So I'm going to clean it up a little bit and tell my story so that the kids that I teach can hear it and maybe if you have kids that need to hear it they can listen to it. So we'll start with the fact that I was born um, on a rainy Monday evening in August of 1991 in Dallas, Texas, so uh, North Texas. I was in fact, raised in the Southern Baptist Church. I have a lot of good memories of that, and I have, now looking back, a lot of questions and concerns. Um, And we'll get into all of that here soon. Um, But let's start with the story. So we went to church for as long as I can remember. We... Went on Sundays, sometimes Sunday evenings, sometimes um, random times, like if there was like a service opportunity or um, maybe a worship night. Um, Wednesdays was always uh, a Bible drill night, which Bible drill was something that (laughs) nobody had to force me to go to. I really loved it. I loved it because I was good at it. I was really good at memorizing Bible verses and the books of the Bible. And I was, it was just something to prove my knowledge, (laughs) which shows the Enneagram 3 in me. I actually just took the Enneagram test yesterday for the second time, but it has been a few years and I swore I was a 2. Uh, up until yesterday, I took a really detailed test, and I'm a three-wing two, which makes sense. If you don't know anything about that, go check out the Enneagram test. That is E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. Um, so anyway, I just liked proving my worth through doing the right thing, and I think that that kind of came from growing up in church as well. <clears throat> Although, you know, I was also... I also felt like I was taught that no matter what you did, no matter how good you were at it, it was never going to be good enough because 
Jesus and God were the only good things. So that was pretty detrimental to my mental health. And that's where a lot of my self-hatred and self-doubt comes from. Um, But yeah, I mean, as I grew up, I started going to church camps. I think my first one, I was in second grade. One of my cousins went with me. And, uh, you know, it was the first time I'd ever really been away from home. And that was, I I might have been homesick a little bit, but honestly, I liked being away from home and not because like my parents were bad people or anything. They actually loved me a lot and had high standards and high expectations for a reason. And I felt like I was kind of their guinea pig with how to parent, which is totally fine. Um, I think it turned out all right. And anyway, so that camp was the first time I'd ever been away from home. And then (laughs) I just continued to go to them. Uh, I went to like... Disciple Nows is what we called them. They were called Reality at the old Baptist church I went to, um, where it was like a whole weekend of kids, like youth group kids coming together and going to someone's house and spending the whole weekend with God and like worshiping and reading the Bible and um, getting to know the Lord and, you know, just being surrounded with it and like fasting from social media or uh, secular music, as they say. The, one of the first ones I ever went to, <laughs> we were playing dress up. Which, that's a conflict in and of itself for me because I wanted to dress up like a typical boy, stereotypical, socially constructed boy. Um, And I was wearing these shoes once and I was like, I I had tried them on, you know, we were playing dress up with these rich people's clothing (laughs) because we went to like this, this uh, rich church in Colleyville. But anyway, uh, I remember saying, man, these shoes are pimping and... I got a talking to. We had a come to Jesus meeting right there about how that was a bad word and I should never say it, but no one ever explained why. And that is something I would consider an issue throughout the church throughout my whole life is there was always something that was wrong and I was told it was wrong but then I never got the answer of why it was wrong. And that is exactly why I am who I am today in the way that I teach and coach. I never tell a kid, hey, that's bad, and then leave it at that. Um, I constantly am telling them, hey, you know, the reason why I get frustrated whenever you don't complete your assignments is because then you get lower grades. And then we get into this cycle of you being stressed because your grades aren't good, but like we can control that because you can do your work on time. So a lot of what I learned from the church, I've kind of switched and like taught differently, like the opposite of. Um, Another thing I really was into when I was younger was mission trips. Uh, The first one I ever went on, I was in the eighth grade. I think I went to, no, seventh grade. I went to Los Angeles. We went to LA (laughs) because they need Jesus over there, obviously. And I remember I was too young to go on the beach and talk to people about Jesus because they might be smoking weed. (laughs) Um, I didn't mean to laugh at that. It's not a, like... Well, I t- this is what I tell my students. Your brain is still developing. 
right? So let's make sure that we're feeding it things that are going to help it develop and not diminish its development. And, you know, I, I'm all about if it's legal somewhere, you, you do your thing. Um, and that's, you know, that's that on that. But I was pretty upset that I wasn't allowed to go to this beach because people might be on drugs. And I'm like, so I'm allowed to like come to this, this state that I've never been to. I'm old enough to do that, to do that. I'm old enough to go like do street, um, evangelizing where I could run into anyone at any time. Like someone could be a murderer. Right. But I wasn't allowed to go to the beach and tell people about Jesus because they might be on drugs. But the older kids were allowed to. I don't know. <laughs> Why am I upset about that still? Probably because um, I don't like feeling left out. Abandonment issues. So, yeah, mission trips. And then I decided that I wanted to be a missionary. Um, that was my thing, right? I felt like that was my purpose. Um, and... It ended up, you know, I went to Mexico when I was 19. Uh, I was just, like, just had turned 19. I was just a baby. Um, and it was, I mean, it was a cool thing, right? Like, this is one of the, those scenarios that makes me keep questioning um, and keep believing because it did work out so well. Um, I wanted, I figured out that I wanted to go to Mexico and, and live there for a little while whenever I was in my first year of college, and that was January of 2010, and I found out that, like, my mom knew someone who knew people who worked in Mexico as missionaries, and so, like, I got to meet them a few months later, and then I raised a bunch of money by, like, doing a garage sale, and people donated stuff, and it was incredible, and, like, I saved enough that I could go and stay for three months, um, and that trip was a game changer. I learned a lot about being alone. Um, <laughs> I did have a lot of doubt while I was there. I was like, I started to like question if I was even a Christian. Um, and it had nothing to do with what, like what I was there for or where I was or the people I was with. I just had a lot of time to think. I had a lot of time to be alone. Um, I also um, was struck. Well, I don't want to call it struggling because it's not. It's but this is what it was called in the church. It was called struggling with like, um, homosexual attraction. Um, so basically like I was in love with someone that was a girl. Uh, but I didn't know that. I just thought we were great friends and I just missed her so much. Um, but like looking back to go down that rabbit hole, I knew I was different at age 12. Um, I remember searching like Google or Yahoo or whatever it was at the time. Ask Jeeves. <laughs> um, I remember searching like, can you be gay and a Christian? Um, or like, am I going to hell for being gay? Stuff like that. Because I was scared. I was like, I knew that I liked girls, but I was trying to play the part of a good Christian, a good Christian lady. So I dated boys, and by dated boys, I mean, like, I played basketball one-on-one -on -one with my first boyfriend all the time, um, <laughs> and then my next boyfriend, who I kind of dated on and off for a while, um, he and I played a lot of we. We did, I mean, like, I did, it did get to, like, we kissed and stuff, but it never went any further than that, and my feelings never went any further than that, um, just, like, 
to be straight up real, like, I didn't ever understand the, like, temptation they talked about in church with purity culture until I had, um, it, until I kissed a girl. So, um, Mexico, I was there for three months, got, like, I just, I learned a lot of Spanish. I loved what I was doing. I kind of fought coming home. Um, I was like, at first I wanted to come home early and then I was like, no, I want to stay longer. But my cousin was getting married and then my grandma was sick. Um, and we didn't know it at the time, but her cancer was coming back. And so I'm really glad I came home that, that Christmas cause it was my last one with her. Um, that's a whole nother story. Losing her was tough and it made me kind of slip into, I think it was the ultimate trigger that slipped, um, me into all the mental health diagnoses that I've come to uh, be diagnosed with. First, my body shut down completely whenever I found out that she was, um, like, it was time for her to to kind of let go. Uh, the nurse had told my grandpa in November of 2011 that it was time for him to tell her that it was okay to go. She'd been on hospice um, and we had found out in July earlier that year that she wasn't going to go through with chemo, which I was totally understand understanding of because I lived with her sh when she went through chemo the first time and oh, it was awful. It was, I just, watching someone you love so much, um, go through a tremendous amount of pain and especially I was like 18, uh, it was rough. Like this woman, oh man, she was just incredible. I actually have her handwriting on my arm. Um, I, I lived with her for the year while she had cancer. And then when I got back from Mexico, I spent a lot of my time over there. I would have like dinner with her and my grandpa. We'd have TV Tuesdays. Um, and so when I found out she was Sorry, I'm getting a little emotional. I'm not sorry for being emotional, but I'm just letting y'all know. That's why I paused. Um, you know, when I found out that it was going to be, it was for real, it was, and she was going to be gone, I, my body shut down. I, um, about a month before she died, I couldn't eat anything. I couldn't swallow, like, even a drink. Like, my mom tried to, like, get me to drink Sprite, and I couldn't get it down. And, like, the anxiety in my body had just manifested physically so bad that, um, I had to miss like a whole week of work and I had been there for a year and 11 months and I had never missed a day. Um, no, not a year and 11 months, 11 months. Sorry. I ended up working there for like two years. Um, but 11 months without a sick day <laughs> and I had to miss a whole week because I found out my grandma was, you know, for sure going to die. And I knew that, but like, I don't know. Anyway, so that just like sends me down a whole hole of rabbit trails because at the time, so in August of 2011, I had been dating someone that he was the guy that I had dated like throughout middle school and high school, just on and off. And, um, we were, I was about to turn 20 and he and I, like, he just had gotten back from Russia and we were taking a walk and he was like, you know, I don't think that you're the right person for me. Like your educational goals aren't the same as mine. And. Uh, what a, I mean, it like, it made sense because this dude is so brilliant. Like, he's so brilliant. And, like, at the time, I did not want to go to school. 
Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, and now I'm, <laughs> I have a 4.0 in grad school. So things change. I mean, that was 12 years ago. So but anyway, so we broke up and I was like sad because I felt like that meant I wasn't good enough for him. But at the same time, like I had totally already fallen in love with a girl um, and I just didn't know it. Like, uh, I met this girl in April of that year, 2011. We started hanging out because I was working in a church. She wanted to get to know God more. I was the person to go to, uh, which was totally cool. Like, I, I'm all about teaching people, or I was all about teaching people about God. And she and I just got really close, and, like, it became a really emotional friendship. And not in a bad way, just, like really cared for her deeply and same like vice versa um her parents actually knew I was gay before I was before I knew <laughs> um they were like I don't think you should hang out with them like they they seem like maybe they're gay or something I don't know exactly what they said but we continued to hang out for the next year and a half and date secretly which I don't condone <laughs> but it was just something that needed to have, like, it was, I didn't know how to come out and neither did she, um, and it was scary, and I, like, I just can't explain how scary it is to think that, like, you're, you know, you've been taught your whole life, like, these people go to hell, they're sinners, but, like, I was trying so hard to be perfect, and so I knew that telling anyone was going to devastate them. And I was going to go from being the golden child who like played all the sports, who had great grades, who never had sex, never drank, never smoked, never went to parties, never lied to their parents. Like I didn't like I did. I wasn't that kid that was like, oh, I'm going to go to so and so's. And then I went to a party like if I said I was going somewhere, that's where I was going. Um, and I I did not drink. I did not smoke. I did not party. I got asked to do those things. I thought that partying in high school meant it was someone's birthday. Like, that's how innocent I was. So, all of that to say, like, coming to terms with being gay and being like, oh, should I tell my parents and devastate them for the rest of my life? And then really, rec like, really just solidify me going to hell? Or do I just keep it a secret and deny it? So, I denied it and I kept it a secret for about a year. Uh, but then things went south with her because we both were scared. I was scared of being a sinner. So was she, cause you know, I converted her to Christianity. Um, not like against her will. This is something she wanted. Um, but yeah, in like, so telling them was, it was heartbreaking. I, I never wanted to upset anyone, but I also was so tired of hiding who I was. And it is exhausting. It's mentally and emotionally and physically exhausting to be someone, you know, two days a week, every three weeks. Like, I would go see her every three weeks. Um, she lived in Georgetown. Um, and then come back home and be a different person and, like, work for a church and be a worship leader and be straight, you know. like And I'm putting quotes on that because quotation marks around it because I wasn't like I was trying I was trying so hard to fake it but I just couldn't and I never and I never have been able to like I played the game well in middle school and high school but once once I met this girl the whole world changed for me 
Um, so I came out to my parents in January of 2013. So that's about nine, nine years ago, nine years ago and one month. So I'm recording this on February 6th. Um, and in those nine years, we have gone through hell and back. Uh, now, I think my parents handled it the best way that they knew how. Was it, was it the best way I needed? No. Um, did they know any better? Also no. So when I talk about this, I, I want to talk about it with the greatest amount of respect because they grew up in the same toxic t- theology culture that I did toxic theological culture, right? Like we were taught things that weren't a, like what Jesus would say and what Jesus would do and how Jesus would teach. Um, we were taught a very conservative fundamentalist version of the Bible. And, uh, you know, now I understand that that's not how Jesus would have taught, but, um, Yeah, I I just think that Jesus would have done a a different, a better job. So, um, yeah, I was getting, like, Bible verses sent to me, 1 Corinthians 6, 9, we didn't raise you like this, Romans 1, all of these things. And first of all, like, let's let's track back to the fact that, remember I was in Bible drill? Um, So I knew these Bible verses, and I had fought this fight with myself for several years, basically, um since I was 12, but more so in the t- the years of 18 to 21. Um, I got to the point when I was 21 after I had come out. No, before I had come out. I wasn't, I wasn't ready. I was 21. This was 2012, fall of 2012. I had not come out. My first girlfriend and I had broken up. I started kind of trying to date girls at the college I was at. Um, it totally was not working out cause I still was at war inside myself with about who I was. And then I ended up getting kicked out of the church I was leading or the campus ministry I was leading worship for. And so I stopped going to church and I was pissed and I was like, God's not even listening to me. God hates me because I'm gay. So why am I even believing this? The self hatred was so real and it was so heartbreaking. I wrote myself a letter whenever I was at Texas state that was like, just, I found it a few years later and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that I hated myself this much. Um, and no one should ever feel that way about themselves. You know, we are born the way we're born. Um, and some people are going to say, well, that means God doesn't make mistakes. And I'm going to call you on that. And I'm going to say, you don't know me. So if you're listening to this and you're really afraid of coming out or you're really afraid of being who you are, know this, I understand you, you are valid, and when you feel like it's safe, you should tell someone. Uh, If you need me to be that safe person, tell me. Uh, My my Instagram that I'm like totally open and uh, myself on, I'm not going to give out on this podcast Um, Mm -hmm. because I think it may go across like some students and stuff. So, um, but if you look up underscore trainer H on Instagram and you feel like, man, I just need to tell somebody who I am or what's going on. I am here. I'm there. So, uh, yeah. So I get kicked out of the church. I get really mad. (laughs) I start failing. I stop showering. 
I made a 1.21 GPA that fall, and then I had to come out to my parents. Um, I got my GPA up, <laughs> uh, and then, you know, dealt with the, the text messages and the, the just, oh, the awkward of, like, we love each other, right? Like, my parents and I love each other, um, but I just didn't know... I didn't know how to be around them. They didn't know how to be around me. The only person I really felt safe around was my sister. And not that my parents felt made me feel unsafe, but I mean emotionally. Um, they were never they were never physically abusive. Like that was I just that, was, that sentence came out wrong. But emotionally and psychologically, I felt safe with my sister because she was like, "Oh my gosh, why didn't you just tell me?" Um, but my parents, you know, had to catch up. Uh, so. A few years later, they, you know, um, I think they went on this vacation and, like, weren't going to let me bring my girlfriend, so I just ended up working. Like, it was, it was stupid, but at the same time, I felt like I needed to kind of just stand up for myself and be like, well, if, you know, my sister's partner is allowed that I don't understand why mine isn't. Um, but at the same time, like probably shouldn't have been in that relationship. So, you know, um, but then in the last few years, you know, they, instead of calling the people I was with my friend or roommate, they started calling them my girlfriend. I think that happened in like 2019. Um, and then my last, my last girlfriend that I had, my parents fell in love with. Um, and rightfully so. She was wonderful. Um, I mean, like, totally vulnerable on this, by the way. So, um, I, I can't figure out if I'm emotional because... <laughs> The relationship ended so, like, recently, I mean, within the last four months, but, um, also just how, <laughs> how far my parents have come, man, it's so cool. Um, I just, like, I was so afraid that they would never love me again. And... And they do. Um, they love me a lot. And I even just told them that I'm getting top surgery and that my pronouns are they, them, and they're working on it. And I know that it's hard. Um, they know I go by HT and trainer here, but I still am okay with them calling me Holly Ann. That's what my dad named me, so it's okay. Um, but yeah, like... <laughs> If you would have told my 16-year-old self, and this was before I came out, right? I just always felt like my parents' expectations for me for me were so high, and I felt like I was constantly trying to reach them and just never could, which is something that I I still deal with to this day. Like, within myself, I feel like I need to learn how to be good enough. Um, and so, if you would have told my 16-year-old self that last weekend my parents would have asked me to meet in Waco and I would have been like, heck yeah, let's go to lunch. And then we ended up doing lunch and, or, um, a bookstore coffee shop 
dinner date, like, I would have laughed in your face. I would have said, I never, I would never want to spend that much time with my parents. And now I'm like, it was good. It was a good time. Like, we talked about hard stuff that I never thought I would talk to them about, and we did it. And, like, they're supportive. And this isn't me trying to say, like, if your parents aren't on board with it, that they're going to get on board with it. Because I know that some parents don't, and I know that some of my friends have struggled with suicidal ideation because they were so afraid of what their parents would think. I know that they, you know, they've struggled with never talking to their parents again. I know that some people don't have that relationship and I am so fortunate. I know that. But I do want to say that there is a possibility that it gets better because it did, you know. Um, That's the... I think that's the short and sweet and clean version of my story. I'm still coming to terms with who I am. Uh, Embracing these new pronouns has been interesting. I get a little nervous to correct people when they say my first name and I don't want to hear my first name or when they say she instead of they. Um, But I try to correct gently and educate as well. Um, And I'm really excited for top surgery uh, I have my consult February 9th, so in three days, and I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to pay for that. I might go fund me, so if you're listening to this, maybe send me a dollar on Facebook. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's, you know, part of my story. I'm still deconstructing my faith. I'm coming up with things that I still believe. I'm coming up with things that I am taking apart and not believing, um, and I'm still just figuring out life as we go, but try to make this short and sweet. So I hope you enjoyed the story and I will most likely be back for more. So y'all take care of yourselves and others. See ya.